Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. We are recording in Silver Spring, Maryland, and are so glad that you can join us. Kiddushin Daf Yudalid, Kiddushin 14b, pagination is 28, starting on the third line, Masnisen, a new Mishnah. Our topic in this section of Kiddushin is Avdus, which literally would be translated as slavery. Uh, slavery to us is a heavy word. We like to use the word servant. But by way of introduction, it's worth understanding the Torah's concept of slavery as we're dealing with it over here. In Parsha's Mishpatim, the Parsha immediately following the revelation at Sinai and the Ten Commandments, etc., <clears throat> the first mitzvah, these are the laws that you shall teach the Jewish people, it's kisikne eved ivri, when a Jewish man will buy a Jewish slave. And of all the mitzvahs to begin with, if there is going to be such a mitzvah, why would Hashem start with that very mitzvah, certainly slavery to that generation was a very heavy word. They had just been slaves in Egypt. Why would we start with the concept of slavery? And the answer, I believe, is because the entire Torah comes to recalibrate and show us what the correct perspective is on any topic, whether we're talking about strength or wealth or redemption, whatever the topic is, the Torah comes to teach us the correct perspective on that topic. And the best place to start to appreciate that the Torah is going to introduce a new concept on this topic is the topic of slavery. Because slavery to the Jews was offensive. And the Torah is going to introduce a type of slavery that's really rehabilitation, and it's very sweet. The concept of Eved Ivri is Kikona Odon La'atzmo. The master has to treat this downtrodden Jew who is sold to him because of a lack of money, either because he's simply downtrodden, mocher atzmo, selling himself, or because he stole and doesn't have money to pay back. So this is going to be a means to generate money so that he can pay back his theft. And in effect, a rehabilitation experience in which a noble landowner, if you will, buys him and invites him into a home of wealth, a home of nobility, where the master becomes a role model for this Jew who becomes his servant. And we're told, Kona Odon La'atzmo, that the master has to treat this servant in such a good way that there would actually be a case where the master would, so to speak, lose out. The example is, if there's only one pillow, 
the master has to give it to the servant. He has to role model really good behavior. And the hope is that the servant would experience this and would eventually embody these values. He would probably also learn basic skills so that he himself would, at the end of his servitude, which would typically be a six-year period, if it's not terminated earlier for different reasons, but let's say for six years, and then he would go out, the equivalent of a person who has been apprenticed to a task. He now has skills, he's worked in an environment of discipline, and hopefully he would be able to make it on his own. The Mishnah tells us, Evid Ivri Nikna Bekesef Uvishtar, as far as the Kinyanim go, how does such a person enter into this relationship of being the servant? Either money is given or a document is drawn up and transferred. Vikona Atzmo, and how does he go out from this servitude? Bishanim, either once the six years have elapsed, Uviyovel, or in the Jubilee year, so it's really possible that he doesn't serve for very long because the Jubilee year, which is the 50th year, could occur at whenever the cycle is. Or if he comes into money, he can pay his way out. The typical example is that if for six years he was sold for $600, nice simple numbers, and there are two years left, then if he comes into $200, then he would be able to buy himself out because the amortizing of the numbers is $100 per year. Skip a line, Hanirza Nikneberitsia, a person who is a Nirza, that means his ear gets pierced because at the end of the six years he chooses to remain as a servant. In the words of the Pasak, Ohafti, I like this relationship. It serves me well. And he gets pierced in his ear as an act of of rebuke. <clears throat> the Mepharshim say that the reason is because Li B'nai Yisrael Avodim Jewish people are only servants to Hashem. They're not supposed to be servants to people. And because he's choosing to be a servant over and beyond what was necessary reluctantly to do because he had to pay back his theft or because he was like bankrupt. He had to sell himself. He needed someone to take care of him. <clears throat> but if after the six years he still chooses to remain in that relationship, he gets his ear pierced. And if it gets that far, how does he go out? The Jubilee year. Whenever that occurs, he would indeed go free. Or if the master dies at some point, then he would go free due to that. Now there's an interesting halacha by a nirza 
that the Adon, the master himself, is the one who does this piercing. And the question is why? Rabshragi Neuberger, in his Sefer on Shalom Bayis, in Va'ad Ches, quotes Rabbi Yisrael Salanter asking this question and giving a very insightful answer. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter explained that if the home of the master was being run correctly, this Evid, this servant, would want to go free once his term has completed. He would be looking to build his own home, to live on his own as a free person. If, indeed, he chooses to stay because Ahafti, he feels he's being treated so well, uh, that's on the one hand really good, that's great, but on the other hand that means that the master treated him well physically but did not instill within him a value system, a spiritual set of goals. And for the person to say, I like the food here, I like the home, I like the pillows, and not to realize that setting out on his own is really the goal, and that he should want to be a free person in Klal Yisrael, doing good things, so then on some level, the master has failed in this rehab project. And we're looking that the master should create a home that's so nurturing, both physically and also spiritually, that the servant who's brought into this home should feel that energy and want to go free. He doesn't, so the rebuke that's given to the servant is attributable on some level to the master, and therefore he is the one who goes ahead and pierces the ear in this act of Nirza. Yeshekoach, thank you for joining.